What is up, everybody? This is the Wild Nutrition Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Heskett, and this is episode 110. 110, I believe. Yes, 110. All right. It is almost 2024. Wild to say that, guys. Um, <laughs> still dealing with uh, being sick a little bit, so... Um, I might cough a couple times during this podcast, and I don't have time to go back and edit this, so they're just going to stick in here. Anyways, hopefully it's not too much, um, but 2024 is literally right here. This is coming out uh, on the 26th, so not the typical Monday. It's Tuesday, and we're going to talk about how to have success with your goals in 2024. Now, we're mostly going to talk about health and fitness goals today, but this can really be related to many, many different areas. And it was something we talked about on the webinar in the, the Lifts with Alex group. No BS fitness and nutrition tips. So if you guys want access to that, we're going to be doing those more often about uh, the plans once a month. Uh, we're going to adjust this along during the year. This is one of our 2024 goals. Um, but... If you guys want access to that, that link to the Facebook group is down below. So obviously listening to podcasts are awesome. I love you guys listening to podcasts, but those webinars, you get to interact with people directly. So myself, Alex, the rest of the LWA team, you get to interact directly with us. So listening can be great, but if you have questions, then there's like delay, like you can send me a message on Instagram or TikTok or Facebook that to get back to you, like sometimes it's like, hey, I had this question. I want to get the answer now. That's where those things come in handy. So one thing is to uh, join that group, um, grab a free guides down below, and start with that stuff and start taking action. All right. So we want to have success in 2024. How are we going to do that? Well, the first thing is we need to set a plan. And that plan can't just like all of a sudden get started on necessarily January 20, January 1st, not 21st, January 1st. So we need to actually plan it out a little bit and plan out a year and have something that's realistic. So if we're looking at like we just ended the holiday, so you might have had your Aunt Betty or Uncle Tom saying, we're doing carnivore, we're doing keto, we're cutting out all sugar, we're doing this. Like, First of all, we know those things haven't had success because those people have been doing it for a long time. And we need to look back at what you've been doing. If this has been something you've struggled with for a long time, have you actually had success? And defining success is if our goal is weight loss, have you gotten the weight off and kept it off and enjoyed your life. If you kept it off but you hated life, life was miserable and the only way you could keep it off is doing this damn diet and workout program that was unsustainable, then that wasn't success. If you got the weight off but they rebounded right away, then that wasn't success. So a lot of times I'll hear like, well, this worked for me in the past. Like, Then why are you here struggling again? Well, it only works when I'm on it. That's a problem. So we need to create something where we're changing your lifestyle. And we're going to get to that point in a second here. But I like to look at the entire year. So before we can just like, we're going to start a diet. Like we need to plan out and be tactical 
when it comes to planning out all of 2024. And this doesn't mean like down to like on January 22nd at 1 p.m. Like we're not talking about, but we're talking about, okay, first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter. Then we can break down each quarter. Like what is your overall goal? Like if your goal is weight loss or your goal is improving health, like say it's reducing your cholesterol, blood pressure, maybe it is getting in shape. Maybe you want to run a 5K or a 10K, whatever your goal is. It doesn't matter. But again, the most people are going to be talking about weight loss. So first quarter, what's a realistic goal for you to lose in that time frame? And quarter is going to be three months, about 13 weeks. Okay. So if that's 12 pounds and you have a goal of 20 pounds, all right. So it might take you two quarters or about six months to lose all of that. And then we need to, and you're like, well, that's 26 weeks. If you said a quarter is 13 weeks, it's 26 weeks. Like, yeah, we should make a plan for things taking a little bit longer because if you, something pops up as life likes to do, I talked about this on uh, the Friday's podcast. Um, you get sick, kids have something going on, work all of a sudden has last minute travel for you, what, whatever life likes to throw shit at you. So instead of being like, I want to lose 20 pounds, I'm going to do it in exactly 20 weeks. Instead, it's going to be like, I want to lose 20 pounds. I'm going to give myself about 26 weeks. And that gives me a little bit of contingency. But we still have that like end date. And so my example is last year, I was like, okay, I need about 12 weeks to die. It took me 16 weeks. It took me 16 because I got COVID. We had vacation. This this year, again, we have a vacation sometime in the spring. We're going to go see my brother in South Carolina. That's the plan, at least right now. So there's things that pop up. And you need to plan for that. You can't just be like, oh, well, I'm just going to pretend I can be 100% or that. If it's going to be challenging, don't put yourself in a bad situation. Like, Be realistic. And that's the whole point of planning this stuff out is making a realistic plan. Because if you're like, I want to lose 50 pounds in the next six months, like, oh, some people can do that, but that's really aggressive. And if you have four trips planned in that six months, like, that's really aggressive. Are Is it actually realistic or are you setting yourself up for failure? Because there's nothing wrong with having a big, hairy, scary goal. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. But those goals should be still reachable. And we always want to reach goals. So when we're making this plan, we want it in a way that we have to try a little bit. If they can't be so easy, like lose 0.1 pounds per week. Like that's so incredibly easy that you won't feel accomplished when you reach that goal. Because when you reach a goal, you get the sense of accomplishment, which is dopamine. Your body literally rewards you like, oh, shit. Like think about if you've gotten a promotion, you did well in something, whether it's school, you won a, you know, a sports event. Maybe it is watching your own sports team win an event if you're big into sports. I am not, but doing something yourself. Maybe it is, maybe you remember losing, hitting that 10-pound goal. Maybe it is remembering that, you did something hard. You didn't think you could run that 5K and you did the 5K. Or you didn't think you could do this hike and you did this hike. And you felt accomplished. Like, wow, shit. That was hard, but I survived. I did it. Your body rewards you. Like, yeah, congratulations. And it helps build confidence. So 
What we don't want to do is miss goals because the opposite happens. You feel disappointment. You feel like a failure. And missing a goal here or there is not going to break you. But when that's week after week after week, that's a problem. Because all of a sudden you're just reinforcing like, I suck, I suck, I suck. I'm a failure. I'm a failure. I'm a failure. I'm a terrible person. I'll never amount to anything. You think you're going to stick with anything if you're that's happening week after week after week? No. So if your goal, uh, and I've seen this many times where there's a person, I remember years ago, she's like, I'm going to lose 30 pounds in 30 days. I know it's aggressive. Guess what she did not do? She didn't get past day 10 because she already missed this hyper-aggressive goal. Like, just just think about it. Like, you have 30 days to lose. That's a pound a day. Which means by day 10, you need to be down 10 pounds. By day 20, you need to be down 20 pounds. There is no room for error. This person wasn't very tall. She she was overweight, but she wasn't very tall. So it was not realistic whatsoever. Was not consistent with her exercise early on. Like already had every like nothing was in place for her to be successful. So she just automatically went in like, I'm going to do this and failed right away. And was like, see, I can't do it. And just reinforce that vicious cycle of like self-fulfilling prophecy. So we can't do that. We can't create self-fulfilling prophecies. We need to set up goals. And what's the word I'm looking for? I'm blanking, but basically goals, uh, goals where, you can accomplish them and it breaks that self-fulfilling prophecy of like, see, I can do this. And that's why setting a goal of somewhere between half a pound to two pounds per week can be realistic depending on the size of the person and everything. So for you, you know, this is where the one pound a week thing kind of comes in. But at the end of the day, it's also like moving forward with your goals and not also like losing sight of the short term. So having short term and long term goals is important. So a lot of times we will Look at the week to week and be like, oh, I'm up a pound from last week. Oh, I'm down two pounds. Oh, there's all this up and down. But we want to make sure that over the course of time, long term, three months, six months, there's a general trend going down. And this is where you see success with people where they're not just focused on the week to week. They might weigh themselves, but they're looking at the long term trend and six months from now, They've reached their goal. Someone who was short-term like, oh, I did this and I gained all this weight back. I, I'm just going to give up. And that's a problem because you're so short-sighted that you're not looking at the long-term effects of it. So setting a plan. And then it's also creates this time of there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Like there's an end date because being in one phase – Chasing one singular goal can get boring, especially if there's like a long fucking way. If you have a significant amount of weight to lose, 100 pounds, sometimes you just need a fucking break. And that's okay. It is okay to like focus on something else for a little bit when you're being burnt out. Sometimes that actually helps you, re-motivates you. You get more consistent in the gym. You push yourself harder in the gym. You're more consistent with your nutrition because you're no longer focused so much on like losing weight you're focused on like i just want to get strong as fuck i want to build my endurance so i can run however far i want when i want how i want whatever i want to be able to hike whatever at a drop of a dime whatever the fuck your goal is 
you're just so focused on that and then it just helps dial things in because you're chasing like, oh, if I don't eat well, then my performance suffers. I'm loving these gym workouts so much that I don't want to make my my performance suffer. And obviously we can take this to the extreme when we don't want to do that, but it can be like it helps dial you in. And then next thing you know, you're like, fuck, I lost weight. It's like, yeah, you're no longer focused just on that. Your whole premise isn't just that. And a lot of times you do need those other goals. Like we can't just chase weight loss because it's super superficial. It's important, but ultimately it's nobody's long-term goal is just, I just want to lose weight because, well, just wait. Like there's other reasons behind it. Feeling better in your body, having confidence, fitting into your clothes, showing, you know, there's so many improving your health markers like there's so many other reasons for it so it can't just be weight loss so with that comes working on yourself so this is the hard scary part of the whole thing we need to work on ourselves. you have to work on your identity and figuring out who you are who you want to become because if you don't, you're not going to be successful. If you're telling you uh, just today, I saw this from a few people that they uh, it was um, they went to their mother's or mother-in-law's house, opened up the pantry, and there's something called the diet pig in there. And as soon as the pantry opened up, it started winking at them, and I'm like, wow, that's fucked up. That's really Alex actually did a video on it, so you can go to her Instagram and see it. But that's fucked. Like what? Open up the pantry and oink 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 as soon as you see it and you might be like oh that would motivate me to not eat it's like okay so negative reinforcement doesn't work long term we need positive reinforcement so you open that up and you're like oh i don't want to be a fat pig oh i don't want to be a fat cow like okay so that stops you a couple times but what happens when it doesn't stop you and you hear that oink 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 in the back of your head like oh I'm just a fat little piggy just eating my Oreos. I'm just a fat cow eating my Doritos. And all of a sudden, guess what? You start thinking that you're a fat little piggy. And if this language is a little triggering triggering to you, I apologize. But that's what's happening. And that's why it's a fucking problem. We, we can't say that shit. You can't talk to yourself like that. It is negative and that's going to cause you to not reach your goals because you're like, oh, I'm a fat, lazy pig. Like, what the fuck? Why are you talking to yourself like that? Well, like, would you say that to your friend? So those things do not work. They, they don't. They don't work because negative things like that are not good. Now, as a like, if you if you have really good confidence, those things can be a fun gag gift, but the way that was used, it was it was not a joke, guys. Um, like I could totally see my best friend like sending that to me, and I would laugh my ass off. But I'm not in that position. Like you can't do that to someone who's trying to lose weight. That's really fucked up. So we need to work on ourselves. You have to start talking to yourself in a way that you would talk to someone you love, your friend, your spouse, etc., your kid. Like, would you say that to your kids? And if you would. We need we we have a conversation we need to have, but would you say like, oh you're just a fat little piggy like would you say that to somebody? 
in person that you truly cared about? Probably, I know, I fucking wouldn't. Like, that's fucked up. That can really hurt someone long-term. That can lead to eating disorders. So why are you doing it to yourself? You can't do it to yourself. You have to use that same language you would use for with someone else. It is important. And you need to catch yourself. This is not going to fix itself overnight. Because if you're saying these things, I'm lazy, I'm fat, I'll never lose weight. I'll ne like If you're saying those things and you catch yourself, you need to change it. And this is where sometimes what I previously said, focusing on things other than fat loss, if you're like, I, can't, I just can't get out of this vicious cycle of I'm always going to be fat. I'm, I, I just can never lose weight. Sometimes we need to get some other accomplishments under our belt. We need to fuel ourselves for other things with fitness, strength, hypertrophy, which is building muscle if you're not familiar with that term endurance of some sort whatever it is and this doesn't necessarily mean that you have to sign up for competition but it sometimes it is sign, signing up like i'm going to take this seriously and then you start to see food in a different light and all of a sudden weight loss becomes much easier because now you have this different thought process around everything like i can do this with my body i know i can accomplish whatever i put my mindset to i know how to fuel my body properly I know how to enjoy some of these foods, but how also some of these foods affect me. So I'm going to be more, have more moderation around foods that kind of negatively affect me. Maybe I get moody when I have them. I don't feel great. I don't sleep well, but I'm not going to eliminate them because I like them. And I'm going to have these other foods more often because I feel fucking fantastic on them. Great. Do that. And then all of a sudden you get to weight loss and you're like, oh, so all I have to do is like subtract portions because literally that's all it is. Once you get to high level nutrition, once you get to that level where you don't so the level kind of like where Alex and I are at, where we don't have all these negative associations with food, you can just adjust your portion sizes, especially when it comes to carbs. Like, okay, we're eating, I'm eating 300 grams of carbs per day. Diet phase, we're going to cut that back to 200 grams of carbs per day. Then we'll just adjust when we hit a plateau. Like that That's all we do. We just bump up or bump down depending on our goals. You're like, that seems way too easy. It's like, it fucking is. The hard part is what's going on in between your head, like in between your ears. That's the hard part. You got to deal with that shit first. And it comes from, as someone who's done, did this for a long, long time, and it doesn't lead you anyplace good. It comes from a place of talking to yourself positively, not negatively. Especially if you, even if you're in the gym and you're like, I'm going to use all these negative emotions to fuel my rage during a workout. It doesn't lead to a good place. I can tell you because I did that for years. It's not good. Because what happens if, I can tell you right now, it's not good because if you fail your lift, you don't reach it and you're like using all this rage and these voices inside of your head who've told you over the years like you're not good enough, you're never, never going to accomplish anything, you're a weirdo, blah, 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 you're a failure. And then you actually fail on something, guess what? All of a sudden, you just validated all those voices. It's not something you want to do because the level of disappointment is even higher. And I apologize if you hear my daughter in the background. So, so don't do that. You need, as someone who did this for years with lifting, 
like all through college. That was how I fueled my workouts. And I can tell you right now, it's bad, 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 bad. You need to use positive reinforcement. That doesn't mean you need to listen to happy music. Like I still listen to heavy and death metal when I lift, but it's no longer fueling like this inner rage. It's like, no, like I just like the really aggressive stuff as my best friend says, like the burn the world down time. Yeah, that's, that's literally what I listen to. Like I like that stuff for my workouts and it's not to say, so I feel better and like working out helps reduce anger and everything else in me it just you know you get happy endorphins and it also just helps like bird off some of that i don't know i i just always feel way but like if i'm moody and miserable and i go and have like a half decent workout it's like i feel amazing like last night i was like ugh, fuck everything and then i went and worked out I'm like i feel awesome my wife's like what the fuck happened like you were moody before you went and like yeah i feel great I like turned on death metal. I was like, this is awesome. Um, so it's not to say you have to be like, oh, happy and everything. I know Alex does that with it's like some of her music is more happy, which, it, which is fine. Like you do you. You figure out what works for you. And that's the point here is figuring out what works for you and, and is a positive reinforcement. That's the key term. If you're like, well, that just works for me, the negative reinforcement. I can tell you most people who have that have not had success unless you have someone who's like yelling down your throat 24-7. Like it's not going to work. It's not. We can look at psychology and research done on positive versus negative reinforcement. And if you're on your own, positive reinforcement it's the clear winner in the long run. Negative reinforcement might give you short-term wins, but it's not – it's kind of like motivation. All of a sudden, it's there, 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 and then it's negative. It has a negative effect on your goals. So you can't you can't rely on You can't use it. You have to catch yourself, and then it goes back to changing your identity, changing who you are now into the person you want to become in 2024. Like who is that person? Have you thought of it? Like, it's just a skinnier version of me. No, no. Because the version of you got you in the position, like current you got you in the position that you are in now. So something I learned long time ago, and this is still me to this day. I still truly believe this. If you don't look at yourself in the past and cringe at it, you are not growing as a person. If Career-wise, professional world, personal, your personal life, whatever it is, if you're not looking into your past and absolutely cringing at it, you are not growing. You are falling behind. So if you look at the past and you're like, oh, those days were so much better, you need to change things up and start moving forward, start working on things to move forward. So a quick example is like, I'll look at my content. And I love this with TikTok. I love love slash hate i'll look at my content from last year it has like the on this day i'll post a couple of them i'm like that's pretty good but a lot of them i'm like wow that is terrible that is awful okay i've grown a lot because i thought that was really good that was much better than my content before it's like and this is if you're like well that's negative very like no that was that was the best i could do at that time and now i'm looking a year from now i'm like wow 
no wonder this didn't do well because I know so much more now. Or, oh, that was actually pretty good. Why didn't that do well? Maybe it was timing. So I can look back and, and see that stuff. But it's the same thing. Like if you're looking into your past and you're like, oh, so much better back then. Wow. Okay. So let's let's move forward. Let, let's start working so you can kind of cringe at your past a little bit. Be like, wow, like I've turned into a new, better version of me. Because the goal is to constantly be improving. And this is not to say like you need to improve exponentially overnight. It's 1% improvements over time. It is slow changes over time. And when you look at other entrepreneurs and a lot of other people, the people with the most success They've been at it for a long time. Like some people, it takes them a decade, two decades, but people will be like, oh, it must be nice. It's like, you, you don't realize like some of these people before they get famous have been grinding for like 20 years and then all of a sudden everything comes together. And you see all the time, like the viral videos where someone gets overnight fame and then it kind of like fizzles out. Like they, they can't handle that. They, they don't have any systems. They haven't built up. They're just a, a person and then all of a sudden it's like explode versus the person who can maintain, say, like fame and uh, notoriety. They've grinded it out for decades before they get to that point. And not everyone, but there, there's quite a few. And I'm look, looking more as the entrepreneurs and not the uh, some of the like more like celebrities. So like Gary Vaynerchuk, like there there's some opinions about him out there but you know it took him a long time to get to the position he's in now like decades and he sacrificed a lot like he, he literally said like uh he sacrificed family and he, he kind of regrets some of that he he's been i believe he's been on record saying that like but it took him decades to get to the point and people are like oh he had overnight success I'm like no no it took a long time same thing with you like it's not gonna be overnight success like why do you deserve the body of a fitness model or the body of someone super fit when you've put in two months of work for a body that takes a decade to build. And I think social media has really skewed our perception of what's feasible because you'll a lot of people are on social media and they have the success, but you don't see all the work that they put in. And so it's getting better in some areas, but a, a lot of people are not telling you what surgeries they're getting how many people are in performance enhancing drugs so I think the estimates are somewhere around 60% of social media fitness influencers possibly up to 75% are on some sort of performance enhancing drug it's super common guys like people are always surprised like it's super common and that's not to say that there aren't there's many people. I'm one of the. Well, I'm, I wouldn't consider myself an influencer, but someone like Alex is not on any drugs. They're they're out there, but when you compare the body, it's like they're always less impressive. Like there's a handful with really good genetics that are super impressive, but they're always usually less impressive. They get less notoriety than the people on drugs because, or they have these. The transformations just take longer, and then you see someone else, and they're like, oh, my God, the transformation was, like, overnight. It's like, that's a red flag. But also, like, magazines and oh, the decades of the 
the diet industry, I'm not even going to say fitness industry, diet industry has just skewed everyone's perception of what is realistic. You just think that, oh, I should get 30 pounds off overnight. Oh, I should be able to lose weight super easily, like five pounds a week. That's realistic, right? Like, no, that shit's not. Because when you do the math, like one pound of body fat is give or take a little bit, about 3,500 calories. 3,500. So to lose 30 pounds, 30 pounds, you have to burn like over 90,000 calories. And if you're just working out of the gym like twice a week and you're not really getting that many steps in, like how the fuck are you going to do that? Like 90,000 calories. Like can you – I can't even visualize that. But that's, you know, that's 30 pounds of fat. So when you think of someone who has 100 pounds to lose, like it, that's why this takes a while. Like it takes it a long time and you have to do it brick by brick. You're not going in with the excavator and scoot. That, that's liposuction. But liposuction doesn't work because people don't adjust their lifestyle. And that's the issue we're seeing with semi-glutide and some of these weight loss medications is they work. And they should be something that's done not as a f- – there's some massive side effects here. They should be used for people who don't want to do bariatric surgery, like uh, unreversible surgery. Like they should be used for people who need could go that route but use before going that route or don't qualify for that. In conjunction with accountability lifestyle coaching, because you need to change your identity while on it, or you just go back. So there's a time and place for them. It shouldn't be the first thing you do. Absolutely not. If it is the first thing you do, that's a problem. But while on it, you need to adjust lifestyle factors. Because the way they work is basically they're reducing your appetite. So as soon as you come off of it, because you need to, and people are like, well, why don't you just come off of it? Well, there's side effects for one. But over time, you need bigger and bigger doses, which gets more and more and more expensive. So you're getting – and the more bigger the dose, the more side effects you get. So it becomes less effective over time. You get more negative side effects over time until a point where it you get to dangerous levels. So at, at that point, you have to come off. And at that point, if you don't have lifestyle factors in place, you're just like winging it the whole time. Your appetite comes roaring back. You have no regulation. You kind of, a lot of people don't wing themselves off and you just go right into your old habits. And so the weight comes roaring back on. Like if you didn't learn what foods you should be eating, how to balance out your meals and you're just eating the same foods, you're just eating less portions. Well, now that your appetite's back, even if you try to try, but you're not actually doing portion control, you're not weighing your food, you're not measuring it, you're not doing a plate method, you're just, I'm just going to sort of eyeball it. Well, those portions slowly get bigger over time. I'll, I still do this to the day. I'm like, you know what? I need to double check and see what this portion size is. And I will still weigh food even just to double check myself to be like, 
what it is am i actually serving a portion or am i serving a portion and a half a portion and a quarter what's the portion size because as a human you and i are humans our tendency is going to be to overeat where it's very easy for us to put on body fat is how we survived winters in the past <coughs> sorry now we don't necessarily need to do that and it's become a problem but early on that that's you know how we survived now now it's a problem so all that being said you have to work on the stuff going inside your brain and if that's a challenge this is where accountability comes in and yeah this is going to be a little bit of a pitch for coaching there it is sales pitch okay so with that if you're listening you know i'm a coach and you know i work with clients so we're just going to get that out of the way the the link's down below if you want to you need coaching but let's talk about accountability and the psychology behind it so we've seen the study where it showed that you need some sort of accountability. So if you just have a goal, like a New Year's resolution, you're like, I'm going to lose 30 pounds. The The likelihood of achieving that goal is only about 10%, or one in 10 people will actually reach their goal. If you make a plan like you listened to earlier, it bumps up to like 25%. So it keeps increasing, but you never get to 50% until... I think no, you never break 50% until you get an accountability buddy. And accountability buddies can be tricky if it's a friend or family member. So this needs to be somebody who can give it to you straight, but you won't be insulted. So like, even as a coach, I won't coach my wife. I'll help her out with things, obviously. But to actually coach her, and when you need to call someone out on their bullshit, you... It can be very hurtful coming from someone you view as an equal rather than like a, a student-teacher relationship. So think of like if you have a coach, it's like a coach-athlete or a student-teacher type relationship where if you have a coach, you are under them learning from them or an apprentice-master relationship, like that kind of relationship. Like they're going to give it to you straight. You're going to be like, oh, fuck. Okay, yeah, I fucked up. But if you view yourself more like – equals then it can come off as hurtful when someone calls you out on your bullshit this can if it's a co-worker or it's a friend where you don't have like a super deep connection because the problem is when it's say like your spouse they know all your vulnerabilities and then they can easily hit that and if they're not a coach, they can hit that at the wrong time and it can be very hurtful. When it's someone else, so I've coached family members I'm not close to. And we have that, like, technically you're my aunt, but in this relationship, we have that student-teacher or master and apprentice type relationship where we're not super close. I kind of know some of your vulnerabilities, but I'm not so close with you. I can just like dive that knife in and be like, oh, I'm going to hit you in your weak spot when you're down. Like, nor would I do that. But sometimes if you don't understand coaching and you're trying to be accountable to someone, 
those things can come out and you don't realize you're doing it. So you want someone who's n like not your best friend, but also not that friend. So you, you're trying to find someone where they're also like, hey, do you want to go to a happy hour? And you're like, oh, yes, let's do it. Like that might not be the best friend for an accountability buddy or it might be especially like you want to skip the gym and go here to happy hour. Oh, yes. It might you might need that friend or it's like, hey, let's. Um, so we're going to hit ha we're going to skip the gym today. Happy hour. But to make up for it, not to burn off the calories, but we still need to get our three workouts in. So if we're skipping the gym today, we have to make it up tomorrow. Like, damn it. You're right. That means I can't drink too much at happy hour, so I'm hungover. So you, you can't, like, we're going to go to the gym tomorrow to burn it off. Like, there's obviously these fine lines you have to follow. So all this being said, sometimes you just need to go ahead and find a coach. If you're like, I don't have these people in my life or they're not really able to do that, then that's where investing in coaching comes into play so with the research study that was done they found when you have someone to hold you accountable the likelihood of reaching your goal goes 60 percent. so you break that 50 50 the flip of the coin it's much better than trying to do it just on your own great it goes up to 95 percent chance when you put some skin in the game like you invest in yourself so think of like how many free resources and we saw this we had 400 people download the free guide we put out for Black Friday. About 10% actually opened it up and even less actually implemented it. That's free. So if you think back of like how many free courses have you downloaded in the past, I'm just as guilty as you. How many, uh, uh, not just health and fitness, across the board, how many things have you done? How many like cheap books have you bought and never read? Okay. Now imagine you buy a course for 500 bucks, $1,000, something expensive. All of a sudden, you're like, oh, shit. I'm going to use this. That's, that's the difference. Now, obviously, you have to invest in a good coach and someone who fully understands you and your goals and everything, or mentor or teacher, whatever you – not even necessarily coach it. Again, this applies to all areas of life. So if you're listening, you're like, yeah, but my goal is you know, to start a business. Well, well, maybe if you don't know business, maybe you need to invest in someone who knows more. Or maybe you're like, I started a business, but I don't know taxes. Well, maybe you need to invest into an accountant to help you with that because they're going to know, they're going to teach you, and you're going to learn more. So it's not just like coaching. This is all areas this year, it might be whatever you need to do, you need to invest into something. And you have to put a little bit of skin in the game. It's scary. I get it. But when you do it, it actually makes you come. And the scary part is you're like, well, what if I fail? Well, are you going to let yourself? If you're already thinking like, well, if I spend money and fail, like you're already out. So don't do it. But what if you invest and then you actually do it? Like what, what changes? And you're like, oh, shit. So you need to actually put time. And this was one of the things we did on our vision board call. Was that Sunday? Yeah, it was Sunday. Um, not this is coming out on Tuesday. So two Sundays ago, the 17th. Um, 
we did that vision board. So one of my things was continuing education. So investing into myself, continuing my education this year. I and I I continue to do education, but I'm like I need something a little bit more formal this year to level up a little bit more rather than just like podcasts and books. Like I need something a little bit more this year for me. So that's one thing I'm telling you right now that I want to do. I want to invest into myself to f- help me. Because, again, if you're looking at it as an expense, like, oh, then it's not an investment. That's an expense. We don't want expenses. We want investments because that's going to help you move forward to become that U2.0 that you want to become. You want to grow as a person. Sometimes it takes investing and if you don't have money but you have a service, sometimes you can trade that. I have someone where she's like, I literally don't have any money right now, but I have a podcast and you can be the main sponsor on it. I'm like, great. We'll do that. How about we trade services? I'm the main sponsor. I'll coach you for free and you teach about – you talk about your journey with coaching on your podcast. Well, every week there's a little little commercial for, for me. So that, that's kind of how we break things up. Um, so if you're like, oh, well, I, I'm, I'm, there's always a way. If, if you have a service, you have a skill, just realize like you, you are valuable to somebody. And if you don't, maybe that this is the year of learning a, a service or skill. So that can be investment of like maybe you should learn how to uh, do pottery, crochet, um, learn about, you know, learn coaching, learn like you can start down something. So if you're like, you're listening, you're like, yeah, but Chris, I don't really have like, I have all my fitness goals. Maybe it's learning a new skill and figuring that out. And what is it? You want to take up archery? Cool. That's kind of hard to like trade skills with me, but uh, for fitness coaching, but but people will be out there like, hey, like I want to learn archery. Okay, great. Um, whatever, whatever it is, like maybe that is your investment of I'm going to skill up this year. I'm going to learn X. Go fucking do it. All right. Before my voice totally goes, I can feel it starting to go now. So I'm going to end it now. Hopefully this podcast was super helpful to you. If you have any questions, my DMs are always open. And you can grab stuff down below. Obviously, our our coaching link is down below. For one, if you're looking at hiring a coach for the new year, that's down below that doesn't sign you up for the, anything that gets you on a call so we can make sure that you are a good fit to work with us and vice versa because coaching is a relationship and if you're not a good fit, it, does, it doesn't work. It just doesn't. Um, or there's the free guides down below as well. You can grab those. You heard what I said about free guides, but if you're an implementer or it's a great place to start, like you can, there's still a one in 10 chance. So if you're that, you know, one person, great, go for it. I, I've met those people in, in my life. Um, we had actually on this podcast, Clint was one of those people. He lost 50 pounds. You can go back and listen to his podcast interview here. I forget what episode. It's early on. It's, um, I think it's in the 20s, maybe the 30s. You can go and listen to that one. He, he was one of them. He just implemented. He implemented slowly and wasn't perfect. He just worked on what he could when he could. But you can go and download those things. Help you get started in 2024. 
And as always, if this was helpful to you, please leave a review as that is, helps the show get pushed out to more people. Drop a five-star rating. I see a bunch of you follow the show. We don't have that many uh, ratings. So please, 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 it's super helpful. Go give a five-star rating or four-star, whatever it is. If, you, if you're a constant listener, I'm going to imagine it's somewhere in the four or five stars. And if you're on one of the platforms that you can leave a review, please drop a review as well as I do go through weekly and try to read whatever views are left as it helps me build a better podcast for you, the listener.